0: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify.
3: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Run and Plays podcast. This is Logan Murdoch. And before we get to my partner in crime, Carith Burke, I just want to send a special, special, I don't even know if special is a word, but and rest in peace to Marty McNeil, a longtime writer, of, uh, a longtime writer in Sacramento. He used to cover the Kings for the Sacramento Bee. He was one of my OGs when I first got in the game. He was always there for me, always there with a story, a story usually filled with curse words, um, but he was always there, and he's been a mentor for a lot of people in this game. And I'm um, sad to see him go, man. So RIP to the to the OG Marty McNeil of the Sacramento, formerly the Sacramento. Group. And with that, we are we are into another edition of the Running Plays podcast. What's good, Kareth Burke?
1: Hey, how's it going? I'm sorry that we started off with a, a sad note about somebody that you called a mentor. Um, do you have a favorite memory of Marty?
3: Um, do I have a favorite? I have a lot of memories. They all kind of bunch together, and I hate when people say that, but they all kind of bunch together. He was always the guy that always um, he somebody that I always read when I was up in Sac. Uh, you know, my mom was in Sac, so I would always read his stuff, and I always read him on the Sacramento beat. And then I got to meet him when I was 18 years old. Um, and I was interning early as a, as a kid. And, um uh, he was all, he was one of the first people to actually like talk to me. <laughs> <You know what laughs> I, mean? I, I will say that he was one of the first people to like, you know, what up youngster? What up young buck? He was from Brooklyn and he was every bit of Brooklyn. Okay, he was, big, he was a big Mets fan. And, um, you know, he would always talk, talk mess. So he was always great. You know, he was always, always, um, was always talking mess, always uh, ragging on somebody, always. Uh, but it was always in good fun. And uh, he was always somebody that I always had, always had uh, asked to for stories. Everybody knew who he was. Like Stephen A. Smith knows who he is. Every, mm-hmm. Like um, Howard Beck, obviously. Everybody knew this guy in Sacramento. And he was the OG. He was like Sacramento's OG. So, yeah. Um,
1: you know, how long did Marty, I'm sorry, what was his last name?
3: Marty McNeil
1: Marty McNeil how do you know approximately how long he works at the B
3: uh, at least like twenty years
1: see that's so that's so like rare now when you hear about all the layoffs at papers and that kind of stuff like these people who have been institutions in the community and on the sports scene people who have been there for twenty thirty even forty years at some of these papers yes. these folks are going away mm-hmm. you know? like and that's it You got to remember the people who came before you and all they went through. And then even, you know, it's fun to hear what they do for the youngsters now. You know, like just a a word from one of those people, like on your first day, your first week, it can make you feel included.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, Those people are so valuable.
3: Especially when you're um, you're young and, you you know, all the insecurities of being young and being an intern and not knowing anyone and not knowing what to say, what to say. And when, you know, when an OG sticks his hand out, that means the world to to a young to a young journalist. So and he was one of the, the first people to do that. Him, um, Sam Amick, and uh, Jason Jones were definitely mm-hmm. one of the, the first people to kind of take me under their wing. So uh, yeah. I always appreciate them.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have that a little bit with the length of time that Monty Pool has been in the community. And he's, you know, he's covered... Hey. He's covered the Raiders, you know, but he's our Warriors OG right now. Like I feel that way when I see Monty interact with fans or interact with players. Like he has such a long track record, you know, like you can tell that he's the Warriors OG right
3: now. Monty is for sure the Warriors OG. He is my OG. I, I tell him all the time, you know, Monty's just like Monty, anytime you compliment him, he's going to brush it off. Like, no, it's all no big deal. But like Monty is like the one and, um, now, I used to read him all the time, too, when I was growing up. I always used to – it's an honor to work alongside Monty. And it was also, like, to bring it back to Marty, like, it was an honor to just – him to know my name and to know who I was. I wasn't – I was just getting sound at that point. But for him to know uh, mm-hmm. who I was was a, was a big deal. So, RIP mm-hmm. Marty Mac, Um and uh, let's get to the pod.
1: Cool. Let's get to the pod because, actually, here you go, natural segue. Monty Pool. The Warriors Insider got in touch with Bob Myers. Um, you'll see some of those stories coming out. Um, I think the big one out right now is that Monty discovered um, from Bob Myers that the Warriors will consider trading their lotto pick and that lotto pick is going to be one through five you know they're guaranteed to have that because the Warriors have the the worst record in the league that's 15 wins so this is a huge pick for the Warriors and there's potentially like a lot of different directions they could take it
3: yeah I think that just like the fact that Bob said that on record that he would even consider trading it just shows what kind of draft this is this isn't like a this isn't considered a historic draft Um, it's not it considered a very deep draft but um, so, in turn, you know, with the top pick, you can trade it. And there's so many possibilities with this with this pick. Um, if you like somebody that's – like the Warriors like somebody they were enamored with middle of the draft, they can trade down. Um, they can trade for a player. Um, so, there's a lot of possibilities right now. Um, but it, I think that just speaks to, like, how the draft is considered right now.
1: Yeah, I know. I think you're right because there's no transformational player here. Like, there's no Zion Williamson in this group. There's, there's no, no – there's nobody extremely hyped and there's no like body of work. I don't think to back up any of that hype. I mean, there's names out there like one, two, three, who might go first, but I just, without, you know, a really direct target or a player who absolutely fits the warrior system when there's no like star, in my opinion, in this draft, um, what do you do? And, and then when this is such a huge pick, but it's also risky, I would say, because in a pandemic you haven't really had a chance to see a large body of work, right? You have like some regular season film of these guys, but you didn't get to see them play in March Madness. There was no March Madness. You don't get to see them right now in individual workouts. Those are not happening. You don't get to have a face to face with them. And we've talked a lot about how what you can see on film is different than what you can see when you meet somebody in person and you just get a sense of, of who they are, like what kind of spirit follows them around. Um, and we don't have that luxury right now. So I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised that the Warriors are considering all avenues uh, as far as what to do with this pick. And even if they were to make a move with it, to do something with this pick, like trade it, they could definitely do that because I was doing a little, you know, I was kind of reading back on what the Warriors did um, during uh, the free agencies and that kind of stuff. They have, and the trades they make, the Warriors have stockpiled 13 picks through 2026. And in this upcoming draft, in addition to that lotto pick, they've got two 2020 second-round picks. Mm-hmm. The Warriors know how to make – they know how to find those diamonds in the rough, right? Mm-hmm. They've had some good second-round picks. Yeah. So I feel like they've set themselves up very well to do whatever they want. Like 13 picks through 2026, Yeah, whew, got some options.
3: Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's options to get late-round picks like a, a Draymond Green or a Eric Paschal. Or it's to, you know, stockpile those assets into a trade. And yeah. so, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I, I think that, you know, Bob was, uh, Bob was, it was funny how, like, self so self-aware Bob was in this, in, in money's thing where he was like, yeah, I know this is probably going to get a, be the headline. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. He just wanted to make sure was Warriors would consider a trade, not Warriors are making a trade, or like, not that they would trade this pick, yes. They are media savvy. Bob knows what's up. Um, and I think his thinking is always, I don't know, you, 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 everybody has a laugh at what Joe Lake said about light years, but when you're a GM, you've definitely got to play chess, and you're trying to think two, three, four, five moves ahead of your opponent. Um, I, I think, I think, I think Bob Myers mind. has a yeah. good mind for that.
3: I think the biggest thing though is like um uh, we don't I just say we I don't even think the Warriors know who they're picking yet. You know, I think there's another thing. I don't think the Warriors know exactly. Um it's so much time, you know, right now. I don't think they've logged in on a player yet. I think yeah. that um every could, even Bob saying this on record that he might trade it that just shows how much uncertainty there is to what they're even going to do right now. They don't I don't think that they really know um exactly what uh what i don't think that they've made a firm decision just yet
1: yeah i don't think so either and sometimes when those things happen you start to hear a little bit more whispers maybe monty's story would have been different you know like you're like yeah we're gonna we're gonna go in this direction none of that stuff is coming from the organization right now like there's no information that's leaking out a little bit sources say um which kind of you know it, it could be the time of year it could be this coronavirus but it could also be like they don't know and you need to do way more research. Um, even Steve Kerr talked about that in the podcast episode we had. Like all he's doing right now, he said, is just looking at film of these guys. But film only shows one part of the picture—an important part, but only one part. Right. So I don't know. What else don't we know, Logan?
3: We don't know when <laughs> we don't know when the league is coming back, but we do have a, a little bit of an idea.
1: Okay, could you summarize that?
3: So Adrian Roganowski of ESPN. Um, said that he expects guidelines around the return of the NBA on June 1st. So there have been also reports by the athletic that there could be a mid June um, training camp and also a return to either vague or they, the athletic says it's firmly on a, that Orlando has the, uh, is the city that is in the lead for a return in, in a city for a tournament. But um, so there, Waltz well, is expecting guidelines around June first. They're saying it could potentially be in Orlando or Vegas.
1: Orlando or Vegas.
3: Yeah, or so both. So
1: that's like yeah. D- Disneyland or the Strip or
3: both. Disney World or the Strip.
1: Disney World. I always mix up World and Land. I don't know which is which.
3: Land is Los. Land is in Anaheim. World is in Orlando.
1: World. Okay, Disney World. Mm-hmm. Disney World. Okay. Uh, I've, I've, I've read a couple of things too. So that was that Woj and Zach Lowe thing. So the NBA is going to have some guidelines around June 1st because teams are doing some individual workouts right now. I won't even say teams are doing them. It's players who are using team facilities. That's starting to ramp up a little bit um, with the proper protocols in place. Like it can't be, you know, coaches can't be there. It can't really be an organized workout. It's just being able to use some of the machinery that they once knew. Right. Um, yeah. And then, that same ESPN article mentioned maybe games would resume at the end of July, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, the way that time is moving, like that actually feels kind of, kind of soon. Like cities are having their shelter in place orders and some states are different than other states. Um, June one is less than two weeks away. If those guidelines are coming back, like this is starting to feel real. It's starting to feel closer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm down with it, but there's a whole like host of other questions now Because what we don't know, Logan, is are all 30 teams coming back? Is the league going to play out the end of the regular season? Does the league resume with playoffs? What does that mean for the Warriors? Mm -hmm. Here's an interesting wrinkle. What does it mean for players who went home out of the country? Like that ESPN article mentioned that Luka Doncic is in Europe somewhere. He's not back. Or even, I was looking at this today, you know, we talked to Michael Mulder. He's in Windsor, Ontario. Mm -hmm. The USA and Canada border is closed. It is closed until June 21st to non-essential traffic. What does Michael Mulder do? What do the Toronto Raptors do right now? Like they're number two in the East. They've gotta be a part of this. Is the NBA essential travel? I mean, if sports aren't happening right now, I don't think, I mean, I think that I love my sports, but I think the consensus is it's not essential the way that going to a grocery store or getting healthcare is essential. So there are so many, questions right now that makes this really really difficult i i don't know what's gonna happen
3: uh i think the i think the educated guys i think if they come back in a soon soon enough in july that they will have some regular season games and the reason being is they want to these teams one need to tune up before the before the postseason and also there's money at stake you know a lot of local deals including the one that you know the warriors have yeah
1: tv deals
3: have tv deals that they want to that they need to fulfill so if that means you're going to do that in an aau like gym to get this bread then that's what it is and um that's what it comes down to uh, and that's why ultimately um both sides want to come back jared Dudley talked to i guess uh some los angeles reporters on zoom i was talking about hey man like we have we have families to feed too. You know what I mean. We um, we do want to get back and make sure that we're putting this league in a place um, that is sustainable when you know this pandemic ends. So um, I think the war. I think the Warriors in the NBA, or mostly the NBA, is just showing that like we're gonna we're gonna have to live with this virus and we're gonna have to play through this virus and we're gonna have to have. We're going to have to not be, you know, we're going to have to play through it. We're going to have to get this bread through this virus, essentially.
1: I don't know how to react to that because when you mentioned living through a virus, I remember the course of these stories. I remember the night that one positive test, Rudy Gobert, canceled, sorry, not canceled, excuse me, suspended the season. And that's what had to happen. I'm not disputing that that's, that had to happen. One test, one player. And then later stories were coming out that, like, other teammates, uh, other people in the, the jazz locker room were sick, like Donovan Mitchell was sick. He was asymptomatic. So there are things about this virus that you just don't know and that we still don't know months later.
3: Yeah. And
1: then there was a story about Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. His, his mother has died from complications of COVID-19. His father had it but got better. But they were in the hospital and this was serious. So things about suspending the league, knowing that there's asymptomatic transmission, knowing that players have lost loved ones to this. Um, there was also the story about um, Saeed, one of the, the NBA security guards. He lost his life to COVID-19. That story, that was a Chris Haynes story, by the way. I would suggest finding that one, reading it. It was sad. It's The things that he went through are terrible. And now we're going back to this idea that the league is going to return and have to be okay with some positive tests. There's a dissonance there that I, I don't understand And I'm personally very uncomfortable with, I want hoops to return. This is my livelihood, but I also feel the need for like so much more information and understanding about what's happening right now. And to me, the risk is high, probably too high to come back right now. What do you
3: think? I think that you know to your point about uh, Rudy Gobert. I think the NBA's stance is well, we didn't know about the we didn't have as many testing. We didn't know about the virus as much. We had no clue, and now we're gonna have uh, more testing and more resources to have behind it. Me personally, it's, it's it's scary for sure. It's definitely scary. You know, you don't know what's gonna happen. I don't I don't know how to go outside most days, but yeah. You know, I mean, we also know that we also, at least I knew at a certain point when they closed the league down, they were going to reopen at some point. You're not just going to have the NBA say, oh man, we're just going to take this L because mm-hmm. we're not going to let this virus bankrupt us. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. And that's a lot of businesses right now. Even California, who's done, you know, Gavin Newsom's done probably the, one of the best jobs in the country. Um, as far as uh, you know, him, and, him and the Washington governor as well. Um, they've done so great, but they're beginning to reopen um, amid some public pressure. And um, they're beginning to reopen the state as well. So at the end of the day, we live in a capitalistic society, and the and money's going to reign supreme. It just is what it is.
1: Yeah. I want the sport to come back for the players who have spent all season pursuing a championship like for how hard that is, for the work they put in. And then you have to sort of extend that ring out from the players to the coaches, then the ring gets larger with support staff, then it gets larger with the families who will be involved. All of that's fine. And you do make a good point that there are some things that we know I don't know if we know more about the virus, but there are mechanisms in place to deal with it better. You're right, like testing or contact tracing or um, kind of understanding how important social distancing is. That's, that I understand and maybe you make a plan to resume. But I'm not, I mean, I know there's people listening being like, why is she afraid? Why are you living in fear and paranoia? And I don't feel like that's what I'm doing. I feel like I'm being cautious and I feel like I wanna be educated about this stuff. Um And I want to evaluate the risks, like I'm yeah. not afraid to leave my home. I just want to know how is this going to impact my job and the other people that I'm around.
3: but I uh, would say this one more thing I mean we yeah. I'd readily acknowledge that we both speak from speak from a place of privilege because we do have jobs that are yes. us through this right now there's, yes. there's a lot of people in the league. It's not just the players that we're talking about that are losing bread it's you know it's you know other people in the league that we, that we see, that we personally, me and you see, but a lot of people don't see that are facing furloughs and facing pay cuts and facing things to their livelihood Mm -hmm. that, you know, we don't really necessarily, you know, we, we don't see. And, um, as months go by and the weeks go by, those people are like, man, listen, bump this virus. I got to go make a way for my family. And that's a lot of ways that yes, the it's, you, it's hard for people to hear it from millionaires and billionaires, but the sentiment is the same all the way down the line. Like if you go a few weeks now, nah, I got to work. I got to make a living for my family. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I do put it on that end as well.
1: Yes. People need to make a living. And I would say this about a grocery store worker too. It's it, I don't think the decision should ever have to be your health or your paycheck. That's like some kind of devil's bargain. I don't think, any person needs to make. It is not a fair choice. It's it sucks that that's the way it is. Um, I guess I just you know I want to be a well-read person and I, I want to keep up to date with the stories and like I am personally concerned with the stuff that's coming out about young people having strokes as they recover from COVID-19 or like just we don't know yet what the long-term effects are, even in people that had no prior conditions or people who were young or people who like are otherwise healthy. You know what I mean? So I'm just, I'm, I definitely feel a sense of caution about this and like a wariness to come back while also really wanting it to come back. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just, I feel so torn in different directions, but sports are our livelihood. I want to get back to what I know and love provided it's in the most safe situation. I guess that's where I'm coming from.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I can't make these decisions. I'm so thrilled I'm not the commissioner right now because I, I would be, I just don't know what to do. I I wouldn't know what to do. And I guess, Logan, we're going to find out more information around June 1st about what the league is is deciding to do.
0: When it comes to protecting your business, Bay Alarm brings the best. Like being on duty 24-7, 365, no matter what. Putting burglars out of business, just like they've been doing for over 70 years. It's one more way Bay Alarm puts the pro in protection. Because if your security's not the best, you're not secure. Go to bayalarm.com slash NBC sports for a special offer to all new business customers. Now more than ever. Bay alarm. ACO 28 ATCL 880138.
1: All right. Do you want to talk about whether the Warriors now should come back? Cause is that a different conversation?
3: I think it's a more in line with the same conversation, right? Because I mean, Rick Welch was very, uh, the Warriors' C C O O C O O. Uh Rick Welch yeah, was impressive. very candid even on the first day. Like, yo, we're gonna lose tens of millions of dollars if we don't mm-hmm. Play.
1: Mm-hmm. If
3: we don't do this. So, um, yeah, the Warriors, in their eyes, yes, they should play. Yes,
1: yes, they should play. <laughs> in yeah. my mind, so I, I actually I didn't approach that question from a financial standpoint. Uh, I completely
3: understand. That's funny because it, it always, I mean, but like the reason, but you have to.
1: No, you're right. Capitalist that.
3: It always comes back to that. Yeah. Do you, do you want five extra games to to um, satisfy your TV deal? Yes, I do. So,
1: I mean, I guess my, I would want five extra games so people can get those paychecks. People who are really hurting can get those paychecks. Sure. So, yeah, it's more about the work, less about the entertainment factor. I think as I answer this question, it's
3: going to be a little was gonna, was gonna be shaky. I, I, yeah. yeah, it's going yeah. not gonna be great basketball when they do come back.
1: But like for the competition factor, the Warriors are fifteen and fifty. They have 17 games left. They have been eliminated from the postseason. <laughs> eliminated a long time ago from the postseason. I don't, I don't think they, that they
3: play the rest of the season. Though. I don't think that they play the rest of their 82-game schedule.
1: But that's what I was wondering. And it's like, I, I almost think, like, do you just start up the league and, and jump right into the postseason? Maybe. Can that help you eliminate numbers? Do you take the bottom teams and be like, hey, we don't need you right now. Also, in, like, a safety conversation, it's but just it not can. worth it. But you it know. Can
3: it always uh, comes back to the bread like it oh god
1: the you're right like yeah it's, it's always it about the bread. Like,
3: oh yeah it's cool to go back to the playoffs but what about all these people all these teams that need their local tv money that
1: that's true but then maybe there's those teams on the bubble too if you're like one or two games out and you want to, let's say you have the Warriors on the schedule, you want to play the Warriors because you believe that's going to be a W for you, and then you fight your way into the postseason. So it's almost like the Warriors need to be the pawn that the other pieces jump over, you know, as they're trying to jockey for the postseason. So I think Steve Kerr said something like, I don't know if we're coming back, but if the league asks us to, we'll be good soldiers. So I think they're preparing
3: to. Do you just say, hey – like, we're just going to try Curry out, know, Steph, for, like, 20 minutes. And then, you know, because, like, we we have the Warriors and all these other teams have nothing to play for. But, Brad, like, the other teams that are, like, mathematically out of the playoffs and things like that. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. I know they have competitiveness and everything like that, but they literally have nothing to play for in five games or five to seven. Games.
1: You know what? And I wonder if I don't know. And I wonder if fans will hear that because all of the dialogue we were having at the end of the season was how valuable these games were to watch Steph and Andrew Wiggins play alongside each other and build chemistry. And now we're going to turn around and say like, there's no point in that. Like I can understand why fans would be ticked off about that. I guess you have to find meaning in your own ways in crummy situations, Mm -hmm. which the Warriors would do. But I don't know. Do you think Steph wants to trot out there for 20 minutes and it's in a season that doesn't matter? I don't know.
3: Well, He's I mean, coming off this
1: huge injury.
3: I mean, he, he, he was really juiced to play against the Raptors and balled out during stretches. And that game, did, for all intents and purposes, did not matter. The Warriors.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a rematch against – that's a finals rematch against the team that ultimately won the championship. And Steph had to be so hungry to get back on the court after three or four months away with that broken hand. I mean, he could have played – come on, I could have been the Kings, I think, and he would have tried to ball out.
3: I oh, hey, the Kings are. Hey, listen, it's funny now because like they could have played the Kings. Is now they could have played the Warriors, because so the Warriors are trash.
1: Yeah, yeah. The
3: Kings so are, I, I'm not. In the oof, I'm not sure. In postseason. Um, <laughs> the-
1: <laughs> so there's 17 games left. I don't. I have no idea if the Warriors going to play or play them or not. But I do want everybody to get their money. Because doesn't this impact the money that the league has now at the end of this season? Doesn't that impact what happens with the CBA going forward? No. Like if because there's revenue sharing, if yeah. the whole league takes a hit on this money, doesn't the pool of money shrink for the next CBA?
3: The next CBA, the next salary cap. You're talking about they're losing hundreds of millions of dollars. Then
1: yes, it behooves everyone to get back on the on the court.
3: The money is king. Is going to bring them back, but so. Mm. Yeah, mm. so the next topic we have is a little injury. Hang on.
1: <laughs> Say it again. Say the, it again.
3: The next topic we have, Kareth, is uh, – <laughs> I don't know if that's an edit point. Keep that, Brandon. Um,
1: Keep that, Brandon.
3: Kev- Kevon Looney underwent surgery to repair a core muscle in Philadelphia earlier this week.
1: Kevon Looney, one of my favorites, foundational piece of the Warriors. Oh, only the 24 the- years old.
3: Yeah, there's a little cracks in the foundation as of late. But um, how do you feel about this news? Do we? Is Kavan going to come out? Is, it good? is he ever going to be healthy? Like, what, what's going on with Kevon?
1: No, and I know, and God, I feel for him because 24 years old, he's a big man, right? So the strains on his body are tougher. He's mm-hmm. had both hips done, surgery on both hips. He was injured during the playoffs last year. Didn't he have like a rib or like a sternum cartilage thing? Yeah, you know like,
3: cartilage. Like, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Then it comes out that he's got neuropathy, which is a condition that <laughs> I I used to understand what it was. <laughs> I need a refresher, I guess. Like, It's just, it's not something that heals. It's not like a start to finish injury. It's
3: a condition
1: that he has to maintain, the wow. neuropathy. Um, and then that impacted his like abdominal muscles. So I'm glad he got the surgery, whatever he needs to feel better. He got to have it like presumably while he's been resting up and then there's you know a few months left where he can rest up so I just so badly want him to be healthy. It feels like he's taken like punch after punch after punch when you see how hard he works to maintain his body Um, and I just I want him to have some peace. Can he please have like an 82 game season? I just want him to like to be he's worked so hard and I want him to be able to show that work on the court without any setbacks.
3: I mean, he is frustrated. You could tell. He would play he would play games in full uniform after after games. Like he would play and have a full on workout in his full yeah. uniform after games when he was hurt. He was not playing well. He was not it was tough to see Kavan play this year. It was very <laughs> tough. And it didn't start off well at all with a neurop- neuropathy. He didn't even know what was he didn't know what was going on. You know, he thought it was just a hamstring or something like that. It was way more than that. He never got his footing. Luckily, he signed his deal when he did. Good um, for
0: him.
1: Get so, your bread.
3: Get your chicken. And so and we'll see, man. I, you know, I hope that Kavan does well. I hope that he can get back on track. But it's not looking good right now.
1: I know. I don't like it. But may this be a step in the right direction for him. May he heal in all the ways he needs so he can be the fullest Kavan.
3: So, Kara, you ready to be messy?
1: You want to get messy?
3: i to get messy. You yeah, know,
1: let's get messy. You
3: know like, who likes to get messy in public? The Rockets. The Rockets. <laughs> so, speaking of the Rockets, Daryl Morey said that the Rockets were a hamstring away from having a title. And he's, he's recycling these arguments that Chris, they would have won if Chris Paul was healthy.
1: Did a hamstring miss 27 consecutive (laughs) three-pointers? Or was that the team?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean. I
1: I, I don't know. Did a hamstring have a lead in the second quarter? Like a 14-point lead, I think? They definitely had the lead at halftime. Yeah. In 2018? Did a hamstring do that?
3: I would just say it speaks to the Rockets' um, self-proclaimed what, what 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 was the word that uh, Murray used? Obsessiveness of the Warriors. They are obsessed with the Warriors. Okay. They are. I mean, it is what it is. And and that's not a knock because you, if you want to go, or if you want to be something, you have to be the best. And they were the biggest adversary for the Warriors. They played the Warriors the toughest during this run. They deserve to feel like, oh man, if, if we ha- if it would have went this way, we could have won because they were that close on both. Yeah but i mean that was a great team that 18 rockets team was a great team however they also had a they also had a 3-2 lead in the western conference finals and squandered it they had a game 7 at home and squandered it they had james harden and squandered it like you have the, that's the mark of a champion when you have someone on the ropes you beat them and the rock the Rockets without Chris Paul had a lead on the road in game six, squandered it, had a lead at home in game seven, squandered it. So every time when they, whenever the Rockets do this, I I just, it's always just a, a bit of a laugh because also 2019 had a game six elimination game at home without Kevin Durant did not make it happen. So, you know, you can say all these things, but they were just, Always the first losers. It just is what it is.
1: I do notice who's the first to point fingers at everything other than themselves about why they didn't accomplish something, right? Like, oh, it was the fouls. You know, we got whistled the wrong way. Oh, it was the injuries. Now I will say this because. I
3: mean, Warriors fans do the same thing, right? Like, if I was
1: just going to say, we play the same fine. damn game. And I know I've said on this podcast, the I think the Warriors would have won the championship if Clay and KD weren't hurt. Which I don't think is that much of a bombshell statement, but yes, we all play the "if only these injuries hadn't happened, this outcome would have been a guarantee." So you're right; we can turn that lens on ourselves, on ourselves too, and that's what fans do all the time. (laughs) It's coulda, shoulda, woulda with injuries. I just think, I think when it comes to the Warriors, like couldn't you say the same thing? Like the Warriors have said, well, if Andre was healthy in that series, then the Warriors could have won it in five. Like every team always thinks. No, that. I
3: don't think the Warriors could have won it at five if Andre was there. Andre, I mean, I think that right Rock- like That's
1: what Andre said. That's what Steve said. I mean, that's that came out after the fact. If we had Andre over
3: that's fine. We won it at that's cool. They could say whatever. Yeah.
1: That's a messy thing. I know
3: the series that I watched, and okay. no team <laughs> pushed the Warriors like the Rockets did. You're right. No team. Yeah, you're right. Did. No team went into Oracle without a fear or anything. I got to give the Rockets credit. They. They were not scared of the Warriors, and they weren't, um, but they were first losers. This is what it is. First losers,
1: yeah. The Rockets play the Warriors very well. Those series are a lot of fun. Um, and it was as such a
3: it, second as home it, for us, as
1: it happens to be, as the Warriors dynasty rose, the Rockets always had to go through the Warriors, and they couldn't quite do it. Um, and yeah, like I, I feel for you know getting James Harden an MVP in his prime, and you know can't take that all the way, can't take that all the way to a championship. I get it, I get it. Why these fan bases love to bicker about this stuff? I do. I know that we play a role in this. I do. There you go. But that might be all the mess I want today. Do you have anything else on this one?
3: Well, I was, I, you were ready to go. I was a little, that was messy. Okay. I don't
1: know, twenty-seven consecutive missed three-pointers. I don't think that's, that's not one player. That is just. That's like God with his thumb on you pointing down. <laughs>
3: that's wow. such a weird
1: a weird happens to get
3: messy, That's
1: is that's so strange. Like that is some weird like basketball god thing. I, I don't know how that happened. Is it all the Warriors defense? I don't know. That I don't
3: wow. I right, don't know. Okay. All right. So we can still get messy. There was a uh, article that the homie Josh Schrock did. Um, for NBC Sports Bay Area, you should go check that out on the uh, on online and wherever you can find um, links that he wrote on the top five teams the Warriors fans would hate to see win the NBA final.
1: Hate to see them win.
3: Hate to see he would that the Warriors fans would hate to see win in the NBA final. The first the, the I little, don't,
1: uh, is, are the Rockets on that team because uh, I wouldn't hate to see the Rockets win. I, I wouldn't hate it.
3: I mean, you know. I mean, we know. You follow Warriors fans. I follow Warriors fans. There's a lot of. I
1: mean, couldn't wouldn't the Rockets think like with the Warriors with the Warriors so depleted this year? Wouldn't the Rockets think finally it's our time? Finally, and maybe they win a championship.
3: One would think, but here's the list. Here's the list: the LA Clippers, um, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, the Los Angeles Lakers. The Milwaukee Bucks or the Houston Rockets? The who? The Houston Rockets? Houston Rockets, yes.
1: I don't hate any of those teams.
3: I mean, you're not a Warriors fan, Karen.
1: No, I am a reporter who covers the Warriors. I get it. But, like, I'm trying to put myself in fan shoes. You
3: also know the pulse of the fan base.
1: In fan shoes, I bet a lot of them would be cranky to see Houston win. Which I you know, whatever. But like I would be really excited if the Bucks won. Like that team that team looks like the Warriors if you put them in a mirror, like the way they shoot threes, the talent on that roster, the pace at which they play. Um, a young and exciting player like Giannis. The Warriors
3: think they're that, gonna be Giannis. So they would say they would try not to have the Bucks win.
1: Yeah, well, that just reminds me of the Warriors a few years ago. I'm not gonna hate on an upstart team that looks just like the Warriors. No, 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 no. The Clippers, I don't hate either. I really like watching Kawhi. I think yes, it's great with
3: We're that. not talking – you're not a Warriors fan. We're talking about Warriors fans. We're talking I can only talk it's me. We're talking about the Sam Estefari. i
1: <laughs> not talking I about really you.
3: Me, I'm going to say – this is what I think. I think it's a mix between the Lakers – between the Lakers and the Rockets. No, nah, it's a three-way tie between the Lakers, Rockets, and Clippers. Because okay. if any three of those teams win, oh, my goodness. I don't know if the, the Clippers have a fan base, but the Rockets fans would be, would make the Warriors insufferable. Like, it would be like, yeah, we got one, yeah. You know what I mean? If the Lakers win, I mean, the Warriors fans are always used, used to the Lakers with beating. Are winning, so
1: I mean, if the Rockets won, the Warriors would put all sorts of like footnotes on it. We're like, yeah, you won in a season where we didn't have Clay or Steph or KD. So go ahead, it would be a pat on the head and be like, okay, y'all, ha- you have this one. Go exactly. ahead, good job. This
3: is the messiness I wanted, Kara. Thank you.
1: <laughs> That's what Warriors fans would do. I wouldn't hate on the Rockets winning. I don't know. The Clippers are excited. I like watching the Clippers this year more than I liked watching the Lakers this year. KB. What?
3: When I talk about you as a fan, we're talking about the Warriors fan base.
1: (sighs) Just put me on mute then, Logan. Just put me on mute.
3: All right, all right. he's on mute. She's (laughs) taking an absence. This is the three people I say. And if, honestly, if the Rockets win, that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. (laughs) I would love that. I would just love to see the discourse on that. Oh, but also, we can't discount LeBron winning. If LeBron wins and LeBron stands like Dragonfly Jones, Jethro Jenkins, uh, the homie Josiah, King Josiah, fifty-four. They are gonna. Oh my goodness! The brigade. You wanted to
1: name some names right I there, can. didn't you? No, you're right. I think Warriors fans would get really crusty about LeBron winning another one.
3: Oh man, the brigade of Bron fans. It's just gonna be. It's gonna be like 2016 all over again. Mm. Bron fans are not gonna care that it was a that it was a pandemic year. The Warriors fans are gonna. You know, I'm excited to see it, man. I'm excited. Yeah. To see it.
1: Oh no! Every fan base there's there's a whole set of excuses that every fan base possesses just to just to get by about why they didn't win or, or why they did win or yeah.
3: I'm gonna, gonna say I'm gonna say if the Lakers win, it's 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 gonna be great because no one like LeBron stands are so polarizing and the Warrior fans are so polarizing that that I'm that's my answer. If LeBron wins a title, then the Warriors fans are gonna be insufferable and it's just yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a war.
1: Everything we thought we knew about this season—I wonder if it comes back the same, or did this, this did this layoff, this coronavirus layoff, change things that we don't we don't even know yet? Like just people's mindset about stuff, people's health, where their bodies are at, their their. Are you will talking to
3: about the players or the fan base?
1: No, I'm talking about the the players. I'm talking about the players. Like the Lakers are number one in the West, the Bucks number one in the East. Are they to come back in that same form?
3: No. I think so. I mean, this is going to be basketball, but I
1: I mean, I think so. What does it do when players know that they have an 82 game schedule and they, they work all season long to peak at the right time. And then that calendar was taken from you. Does that kind of move the ground underneath your feet? Those are the kind of things that I'm, I'm wondering about, like what, what is their muscle tone, right? what's their muscle tone like how much have they been drinking in quarantine are they eating well in quarantine are they working out the same there's like so many things that have changed I don't I don't know if what we think we know in the standings now is going to carry forward when the league resumes
3: hmm. that yeah <laughs> that would open the door for the Houston Rockets that for sure
1: Houston Rockets NBA champs great job guys
3: yep. all right so with that that, <laughs> that, was, that was fun. <laughs> that's that was the sound bite.
1: That, that's me. Houston Rockets, NBA champs. That's that the one that's going to fly they, around the internet. You.
3: <laughs> right. So, man, this is the first time we had a guest in a while, man. I'm glad that, you know, we were able to. You know, I know. it took our it's, show back.
1: It's nice now. to shoot, shoot the stuff with you, Logan. I always love talking hoop with you.
3: All right, man. So, if you need to get to our podcast, we're on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you can get your podcast. Art 19, shout out. Um, Be sure to subscribe, man. See all our content at NBCSportsBayArea.com.
1: Run and plays. Run and plays. Peace.
0: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
0: Now, Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs)